This morning we're going to be talking about the ascension. A little bit about my background. My background is in churches that follow kind of a seasonal activity. Raise your hand if you've been in a church like that where they follow, you know, Easter, Ascension, Pentecost, and kind of go through that. Yep, a couple, definitely a couple. And, and actually, believe it or not, this is what they would say, Ascension Sunday. And uh, it's interesting because not a lot of people talk about this. And so um, I'm hoping that you'll learn as much as I learned. I, when I looked at this, I thought, wow, I've never even heard a lot of this stuff before. So anyway, um, and what we're going to be talking about, our focus is going to be on Jesus as he takes his place as high priest forever. Okay, so let's start by reading, uh, reading the verses. So if you want to turn in your Bible to uh, Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start in verses 6, and we're going to go to verse 9. All right. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when He had said these things, as they were looking on, He was lifted up, and a cloud took Him out of their sight." This is the word of the Lord. So, I've got some pictures of mountains. We, um, our family uh, moved here from Denver. There's a lot of mountains there. And the wonderful thing here is I was expecting just ocean, and I, I didn't know there were so many mountains here, so many beautiful mountains here. So, that's a, Hawaii is perfect that way. Okay, the first one we're going to look at is Mount Kilimanjaro. Isn't that beautiful? When I saw the picture of that, I, I thought, gosh, I wonder what it's like to see that. Do you know that the elevation is 19,341 feet? Pretty amazing. Um, and, and keep in mind that a mile is 5,280 feet. I believe that's what it is. So that's a pretty tall mountain. So the next mountain is Mount Everest. Very large. People climb that. I just can't even imagine. The elevation there is 29,031. Very, very tall mountain. Now, close by, uh, Mauna Kea, which, again, I, I knew that there was snow there, but I, I really didn't know how tall it was. And it's 13,803 feet. Really tall. I, I really didn't know it was that tall, but amazing. Now, now, juxtapose all that, put that together with the Mount of Transfiguration. About a month ago, I, I preached on this, and where Jesus brought Peter, James, and John up on the top of a mountain, and they encountered God on that mountain. 1,886 feet. Not, not very tall relative to it. In fact, it, when you look at it, it even kind of just looks like a hill that you would climb. I mean, that would be an easy, fairly easy climb, especially there's many of us in here who are hikers. So you look at that and think, well, I could blow that away in, a, in just a, an hour. Well, actually, maybe less than that, maybe. So many of us picture, when we look at the ascension, one of the first things we think about is just Jesus going up in the clouds. And in fact, we, we think of it 
as being so far away. In fact, when I looked for the picture, the very first picture and the very first slide that you don't need to show again, that what, what got me is that there was a lot of the pictures showed Jesus going way up in the sky. In fact, they, they showed a huge difference between the, the ground and the earth. And what I thought about that was, no, no, that's, that's not it at all. Because when Jesus was lifted up on ascension, on this, and we, we call it ascension day, but when he was ascended, when he ascended into heaven, when he returned to the Father, the word lifted up is not, not used the same way as we think. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, and this does matter because our, how we think of God, how we think of where he is, how far away that we think that he is, it, it matters in how we we look to him, right? Okay, so let's look at these verses one at a time. So let's, uh, verses 6 and 7. So when he had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? So what does Jesus say to that? So the, one of the first things Jesus says, and, and we can think of everything that happened from the resurrection to the ascension as kind of a transition. So Jesus had now res- he, had, he had died on the cross, he was resurrected. He knew that he was going to be going back to heaven very soon, so he had to get everybody straight, had to get everybody's mission plan started at work. We're very big on mission, and so I can, I can imagine here. And, and he says to them, it's not for you to know the times. So he's basically saying, this is not the point. Restoring the kingdom to Israel is not what we're here to do. Don't think about that. I'm going to be sending you the Holy Spirit. Now that's verse 8. Verse 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. They called Jesus' kingdom the upside-down kingdom. And, and it's, uh, it's fascinating because when you... Uh, I did a little bit of reading this week about the, the, uh, the, the difference between the Roman culture and the Christian culture. The, the Romans did not get the Christians. The Christians were all about, you know, meekness, you know, uh, uh, prayer. Uh, you know, they, they would they would be killed for their faith. And they, the Romans didn't get that. And so when you look at that, that's, it's, it's very telling uh, when, when Jesus was, was when the, his Christians, his people were like this. So um, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Okay, so he's calibrating them. He's getting them straight as to what he's supposed to be doing. Okay, and, and here's the part where he ascends. And when he had heard these things as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now, here's the lifted up part. The word lifted up here actually can mean when you, if you raise your hands, that's also where that word lifted up is used. It's not, the meaning of that word doesn't mean high. It doesn't mean going up really high. It just means that he was lifted up. I think we... Uh, and, and I watch a lot of, a lot of movies. Uh, I, I think of, you know, Superman, you know, jetting up into the atmosphere. And that's, that's again, that's not what this means. Um, we're, we're not going to talk about, you know, I'm not trying to, to illuminate what I think heaven is, and we're, we're going to figure that out someday. But my point here is, is that heaven to a first century Jew was very much... Very much uh, a, a both and. There was a lot of overlap with heaven and earth. Whereas, again, to the Roman and to the Greek back in the first century, that was completely different. The sky was really high up. And, and 
the, the jump from this life to the next was, was a very large, big deal. And I think that that sometimes does color who we are, even today as Christians, looking at, at how, how we encounter, how we feel about where God is. Okay, so um, the next slide I want to go over here is just showing where the ascension is. You can see how it's forgotten. So we have Jesus' birth and his ministry on earth. The transfiguration, uh, which was very much a transitional point before the crucifixion. God is big on transitions. He, uh, uh, he did that when the, uh, Noah and the ark. There was a lot of transitions. In fact, they, they talk about that, that period of time between the transfiguration and the crucifixion and resurrection as being 40 days. And we've heard that number used a lot. But you can see where the ascension comes right before Pentecost. And that's kind of why it gets forgotten. Okay, so what, what we're going to be talking about today is really just one, one main question. And it really is pivotal. One of the things that I do and I think we're all doing when we're studying and learning and growing, studying the Bible, praying, meditating on God's Word, is we're trying to fill in our gaps of theology, right? We're trying to understand what what is it that I don't get? And, And that's a lot, right? So we'll spend our whole lives doing that. But the question you want to ask, really, in the case of the ascension, why does the ascension matter? When Jesus died on the cross for our sins over 2,000 years ago, when He died for our sins, when He gave us that forgiveness by dying on the cross, how did that transfer to me today? How did that do that? Right? Because it was a point in time. How did that happen? The answer is, unequivocally, the ascension. All right. Let me set this scene here. There's two main Jewish holidays, Jewish holy days, that, that actually come into play here. It's really fascinating. So Jesus died during the Passover. We've all, we all know all about the Passover, right? That, that was when uh, the, uh, the Israelites were being freed from the Egyptians. And in order to save themselves from the coming killing angel that was going to come through, they put the blood of a lamb over the doorpost and they would be saved. So Jesus dying for the Passover, on the Passover was no coincidence, right? This was him showing the world that he was the Passover lamb that was going to set them free. And he was going to shed his blood and use it for our forgiveness because he was the perfect lamb of God. But there was another holiday, another holy day, that actually was also very important and factored very highly in what happened during the ascension. And that was the Day of Atonement. The, the, in uh, Judaism, they call it Yom Kippur. And it is the holiest day of the Jewish year. It's done once, once per year. The high priest, it's the only time of the year. So there's, a, there's in the, uh, the temple, there's uh, the outer courts. Should have put a picture, shouldn't I? There's the outer courts. There was the inner courts. They call it the, the holy place. And inside of that, there was another box that you only went once a year, and it was called the Holy of Holies. And in fact, when the priest went in there, um, the story goes that they would actually attach a rope to him, because if he didn't do it right, he's not coming out, and nobody goes in there, so they would pull him out. <laughs> That's 
I just can't even imagine that one. So anyway, so the, the Day of Atonement, so he would actually, he would kill a, 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 an animal for himself and shed that blood, and he'd kill another one for the people of Israel. And that was done once per year. He had to do one for himself, once for the people. He'd go in there, he'd sprinkle the blood for all of Israel. That's once per year. This Day of Atonement is what Jesus was doing when he went up into heaven. He presented himself as the slain, the Passover lamb, the perfect blood, the perfect uh, lamb of God. And he took that, that sacrifice that he made and he presented himself to God once for all. Let's look at this next slide on Hebrews chapter 9. If you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, it's... Uh, and we're going to start at verse 11 of chapter 9. But when Christ appeared as high priest, there's that word again, high priest, of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, not made with hands, right? So we're talking about an earthly temple that is not of this creation. He entered once for all, into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood. And here's the key phrase, thus securing an eternal redemption. You see, this is forgotten. And the reason it's so important is because you do, you think about that question, that question that I asked. So when Jesus died on the cross for my sins on one day in time, on a specific day, we call that day Good Friday. How did that transfer to me? And we learned, and let me encourage you to look at the book of Hebrews. You could probably read it almost in one sitting, but especially around uh, chapters 9 and 10. We see here that they fill in that gap. Again, what are we doing here? We're trying to fill in gaps of theology. That's what we're doing for our whole lives is to try to understand the Bible better. And this fills in that gap. This says to us, how did that happen? And the answer is, he went up into heaven and he presented himself. The sacrifice that he made that one time, we're no re-sacrificing, he's done it and he presented it to God in the heavenly temple. Now there's a big one that you start thinking about, the heavenly temple. So there is a heavenly temple. A lot, of, a lot of people, myself included, always ask the question, what happened to the temple? What happened to the temple worship? What? Well, there's a heavenly temple. We now know that there's a heavenly temple not made with hands that is not of this creation. And he went up into that heavenly temple. First day on the job, right? He said, I'm going back to my father. Now we know why. He even said, you want me to go there. In the book of John, he talks about, you want me to go there. Well, you want me to be up there because that's what he's doing. He's starting his first day on the job on the day of ascension for becoming the high priest forever. There's a, a great study on the uh, the priesthood of the Melchizedek. If you ever look at that, that's fascinating stuff. You can even Google that. That's a great Google. All right, so looking at all this, we say to ourselves then, okay, so what do all of these verses mean? Well, number one, we say to ourselves, he's high priest. He's not just up there sitting on the throne. I think that's a great picture, and he is right there on the right hand of God. He's in power with the Father in heaven for sure, but he is not sitting down. He is in there intervening on our behalf all the time. 
And, and the biggest thing that we can remember there is that we are forgiven forever because of that. We can be assured of our forgiveness. He's up there as the high priest. And when you think about that, you, you always used to think, what is he doing up there? I can remember thinking that at one point. But when you read about this in the Ascension, he, he's going up there to be high priest forever. He's there to do a job. And we need to remember that when we're praying for forgiveness, when we're saying, God, forgive me for this, or Lord, be with me in this time. Help our country. Help our people. When we're screaming out, He's there for us. And that's the other thing that we're going to Jesus is close. Heaven is close. Don't think of Him as being way up there watching from afar, sitting down. No, no, no. He's up there working for us. Heaven is close. Heaven, heaven is somewhere that's close by. Moses saw Jesus on a mountain. Jesus talked to Paul on the road to Damascus. God went by a cloud during the day and a fire by night with the Israelites. He's close by. And the last thing that we want to remember that we can take from these verses and apply in our lives is that we need to keep our focus on the things of heaven. What did Jesus say? Jesus didn't even, he was very kind in how he did it. He rebuked them by saying, we don't know the times or the seasons, but the power that I think you're going to be talking about is going to come on the day of Pentecost. We need to remember that as we're going through these challenging days, even the challenging days with our families and our marriages and our finances and all the things that we just drive us bananas. Study, pray, keep your mind on the things of heaven. That doesn't mean ignore the things of the earth. That's not what it means. But it does mean that we need to crowd it out. Crowd it out with the things of heaven. Because that's, that's what we need to be doing and it's hard to do. That's why we need to get out of our beds, and the first thing we need to do before our feet hit the floor is to pray. Make that the first thing you do. That's my challenge to you this week. Before you get out of bed, say a prayer. Even, even if you fall back to sleep, then when you get back up again, you get to do another prayer, because that's what I'll be doing. So, I want you to pray knowing that God has forgiven you in Jesus forever. Think about what He did when He went up into heaven and presented himself in that sacrifice. Think about that. We're forgiven forever. Always be assured of your forgiveness because that's what he did. Pray knowing that God is close by. Don't think of him as being way up there. Think of him being as close by. And pray focusing on the things of heaven. Thank God for where he's leading you. Thank God for what he has done already in your lives. Let's pray.